Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. <laughs> okay, well, hello there, and welcome to another Mission Unstoppable. I think this is a case of the little engine that could. Affon Technology, a small firm in Wales, has had a huge breakthrough in the management of diabetes. They have patented a real-time, non-invasive blood glucose monitor that will benefit millions of diabetes sufferers the world over. In fact, there are over 422 million of them. So who's behind this amazing invention? Well, welcome Dr. Sabee Chowdhury. Hold up your hand. He Hi. is a PhD inventor and CEO of Affon Technology. And next to him is Dr. Isamar Masso. She is the Quality Regulatory and Clinical Trials Manager for Affon. And Dr. Chaudhry has been on hand for the development of three novel cancer-related treatment systems. He played a lead role in the launch of the UK's first wavelength division multiplexing telecommunications system. We have no idea what that is. And project managed <laughs> the world's first large glass substrate format holographic printer. So he's been involved in an, um, he, he actually received a, an award uh, for the BioNow Healthcare Project of 2014, and he holds a PhD in microwave and telecommunications from the University of Wales. Well, congratulations on that. ISMAR is in charge of designing, implementing, and maintaining the quality management systems for Affon Technology. She also leads the regulatory affairs document submission. She's responsible for the risk coordination. She supervises the product risk manager, health and safety officer, and enterprise risk management team. She also performs the duties of Affon's CTM and all of Affon's clinical trials. And she also received uh, well, she received her scholarship, but she got her PhD in complexity and research methods applied to game research, from which she graduated in 2019. And I just feel so proud of her for doing that. And maybe, maybe we'll tell you why. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> congratulations, you guys. Two PhDs. You guys are married. So is, is this is this technology a love story? I mean, Sam, you have diabetes type one. Yes. You got it as an adult? That's a little that's a little unusual. Yes. So if you get it as an adult, it's classed as LADA, so, so uh, latent or immune diabetes in adults. So it manifests slightly different uh, from the one you get uh, as a child, but essentially the same thing is an autoimmune condition. And I got it while um, working already. <laughs> So you put 1.5, diabetic 1.5. I wasn't sure what that was. Yes. <laughs> diabetes 1, there's diabetes 2. Diabetes 2 is, is, is often as an adult, but it's, you know, yeah. sourced differently. It's more to do with what you eat and not the other around. So did you, you were involved with cancer research and stuff. So did Dr. Uh, Sabi here, did you you know, start going into diabetics because of your wife, or was this something different? Um, no, it, it really wasn't. Uh, it was that, I, I mean, I was involved in developing three cancer treatment systems, 
And uh, while we were doing that, we thought perhaps there's other biological constituents in the body that we may be able to detect. So we started off with a very, very simple rudimentary experiment to see if we could detect uh, blood glucose. And uh, we, we literally stumbled upon this effect that we, we've now started to, or we've been developing for the last uh, 10 years or so. So uh, yeah, it was uh, by sheer chance, really. Isn't that amazing though? Yeah. I mean, so you've done how many clinical trials now? Two? Are you going your third or three? three? We've done three, we've done three, three. in Germany. So how many does it take before uh, you can market? It's it, it, it's a whole process. I mean, you know, that's the reason why Isamar is here on board uh, <laughs> to help develop this uh, or, or from a regulatory perspective. But you do need a very, very large number of, um, of volunteers or subjects that you can can demonstrate the efficacy of your of your technology. But as you're developing it, you know, you need to be able to have run shorter trials where you can quickly go into the, 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 the clinic, test something out and use that data all within the, 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 the framework of a regulated ethics trial as such. Right. So that's why we've had a number of short ones just to demonstrate the proof of concept. And now we're going to run larger ones during this year when we're developing the product further. So are these like double blind studies or does it matter? Or? And they're, they're, they're not blind studies at the moment, but I suspect we probably will be running some form of blind studies down the road. Okay. Um, I don't know why this thing is going. I have a brand new computer. And it seems to like play songs. Do you hear it? Strange. Um, yeah. <laughs> So how big is the largest study been? The, 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 the largest study that we've done to date was 16 volunteers. Okay. Six, sorry, 16 type one subjects. But we're looking at trials coming, coming online down, down the road. We're looking at maybe 50 to 100 volunteers uh, per study. And we'll be looking at different things, you know, type one diabetics, type two diabetics, and, and also healthy volunteers as well. So you, you've put this little technology into a little watch, almost like a Fitbit or kind of, kind of idea. And it, so it's non-invasive. It doesn't break the skin. And normally you would have to test your fingertip to see where you're at or test the blood. Yeah. Um, so no more strips, no more any of that stuff. It's just this little device that you can wear. That's amazing. I mean, it's like a real game changer, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, think of places where there's no running water, so you cannot... Uh, wash your hands before, uh, you know, finger pricking, hmm. or think of, uh, you know, just just traveling, or, uh, you know, you you often are not able to carry needles with you um, if you if you travel by air, so that would do away with all of that, you know, needing a doctor's letter to justify your having needles with you and so on. So, hmm. so do you wear it now, Sam? Um, I don't have one uh, that we can wear at the moment, okay. but it is it is that far down that it is a wearable device now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If so, I can just show you, Frankie, sorry. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of PR. Um, so, so this is our, our first um, engineering unit, okay? okay? Yeah. And the idea is that it will sit on your wrist, yeah. like so. And we'll be, we'll be using this to conduct the very, very initial trials that we're going to be running over the next two to three months. So the feedback that we get from that device will feed into the engineering of the actual smaller device that you've seen the, 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 the pictures of. Yeah, so the actual antenna will be about this big. Yeah. So 
you know yeah not a, yeah. the I'm diameter to... of like a quarter <laughs> yeah like a quarter yeah Something pretty like much that. so a couple of quarters stacked on top of each other that would be there. and they would wear it all the time and they can there... wear it, yeah and they can also take it off so, so the whole idea behind our technology frankly is that we when we looked at this we so first of all, we're not a watch manufacturer. We never no. intended to be a watch right, manufacturer. Right, right, yeah. So what we were developing was a sensor that could, that would be agnostic to any smartwatch out there, okay? So that was our, our thinking behind this. So that, that meant that this device has to be totally standalone. Um, it has to have its own energy source, power source, battery, and it's got to have a way of actually communicating with other smart devices. So we put a rechargeable battery on it and we put uh, Bluetooth on it. So now what that means is it, it can communicate to a companion device, which will be like your mobile phone and also your uh, smartwatch if you're wearing it. So what we'll be doing is we'll have the sensor plus a band, uh, uh, the, the strap itself. They'll be able to take a Apple watch or a Android watch or, you know, any okay. other type of watch as well. So And, and the, the intention is that uh, it won't need recharging for two weeks. Okay, so we've got sufficient battery life in there. And is it going to set an alarm off if you go too low, too high? Or are you, yeah, so it'll alarm you. You don't have to actually physically have to look at it all the time and say it. Yeah, so if you're in the middle of your, uh, you know, if you're asleep and uh, you go too low, then it can wake you up so you can you know, take action, like a glucose tablet or whatever. Like I just got my kids, actually I bought my dad one. Um, now the newer one, this this new one now measures oxygen level in your blood. It measures heart rate and all that stuff. Can you combine all that into one? Could you go to them and say, hey, let's just all mix and match here. And Well, th that all comes down to the app itself. So what you have with something like the Apple Watch is you've got a number of sensors on that device. And that's pulling out all these different information. We would just be yet another sensor. And then you'll have a app that actually combines all of these various uh, parameters together. So I need to don't lose um, your other uh, capabilities of your Apple Watch, right? Right. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this isn't an Apple Watch, but it is a, it's yeah. a smart watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, it's, you know, it's like a Fitbit type watch, except what I thought was interesting is it measured the actual oxygen content because nobody ever knows that, right? <laughs> it was kind of cool. Um, very interesting. Now, I had a dog who was diabetic. Can, can, can you make something for an animal? Because you can't, it's really hard to get their blood. Like the pads are really thick. Yeah. I'm curious here. <laughs> Interestingly enough, that was one of the, the sectors that we originally looked at. We thought, you know, do we, should we go down the, for veterinary applications as a, as a first off? Yeah. Um, certainly, because the, the sensor is a standalone unit, there is nothing saying that you may not be able to put it onto a uh, onto the skin of a of an animal. Yeah, that'd be amazing. To, yeah. to tell you more about how how effective it is. Yeah. 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 No, that'd be really cool for them. I mean, it's a different application for sure. But, um, I mean, he he had to get shot twice a day with insulin. So, yeah. but you never yeah. knew. It's always a guess. You know, it's always a guess for them. So Afon just specifically does this this unit and diabetes. That's all you focus on. And I think, Sam, you said if you're going to do something different, you would start another company? Yes, that's probably the case. Yeah. Why is well, that? That's interesting. Like, why wouldn't you keep the same company? 
it depends. If, if it's uh, so, so what we're you know we have a roadmap in terms of what our product's going to look like over the next few years. Right. So the vanilla device is actually what you're what you're seeing there at the moment. And there are going to probably be variants on top of that device. So, you know, uh, with different features, for example. And so, but if we're looking at a totally different sector, I don't know, maybe an alcohol, I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it would need a different, maybe a different type of technology. So we may do it within the the, the framework of Afon, or we may set up a, a new code just specifically to, to look at that. I think it just makes sense from a regulatory standpoint, because a lot of the time the structure of the team has to be different for different sectors. Oh, I see. So okay. we might as well do some, if it is in a different sector. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a small company and it's taken almost 10 years, it's taken over 10 years, I guess, to bring this, and it'll take another year or two to bring it to market. Yeah. These things take so long, don't they? <laughs> they do. It's incredible. I think with, with um, I mean, I, I've been involved in, in the telecoms market and now also in the med tech. And the, the difference is that you, for example, in the telecommunications market, you will go in, you'll design your system and, you know, you run some initial tests and then you'll put it into a, a, a carrier's house where they can run some tests and so forth, live testing. With, with with a medical device, you're actually playing with people's lives there, you know. So the 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 if there's a failure mode, it can be very very catastrophic. You know, you, you know you you can lose someone in that. And right. there's also the issue of the regulatory side of it, which takes time because you've got as Ismail, you know, knows it takes time to 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 write the protocols, get the approvals for the clinical trials, run the trials, and then do the analysis afterwards. Mm. So it's a much, much longer drawn out process with, with, with medical devices. So were you were you shocked that the uh, they got the coronavirus vaccine out in six months? Uh, no, I was really impressed. Um, <laughs> yeah. It just shows you, you know, the, the willingness and, and how much creativity we have across the globe. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and people working together, I think, you know, um, Absolutely. it's it's pretty amazing um and and the way that they did it was pretty unique so how has that how has that changed your lives if if anything has it impacted you guys your work well, I, I have to say i'm very impressed with savvy's leadership um during this time because we're now working from home um so people take turns to go in uh into the lab if they need to work there but we're mostly working from home and he has established uh, ways to do things, but we're still a team. We still feel like a family and we're still supporting each other, not just, uh, you know, work-wise, but also from an emotional yeah. perspective. Mm -hmm. So um, I've been very impressed with that because uh, he just uh, came up with all these ideas very quickly, you know, to keep us running and you know, we, we're still working and we still have our jobs. So this is fantastic for this time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Frank, I, I, I didn't pay her to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it also helps having a, um, uh, uh, an amazing team together. That's yeah. really willing. That, you know, it's, it's always, I, I, I try and, you know, I've tried to build a team of people that are very like-minded, but also bring expertise in different ways. And everyone has a can-do attitude in the organization, you know, so. So important. 
Absolutely, it's very, very important, and and that's seen us through quite nicely, actually. So, who would be? How many people on your team, and and like, what kind of roles would they have? There's uh, there's around ten of us. Uh, we've got a number of engineers, hardware engineers, software engineers. Um, we've got um, two, three people addressing the the regulatory side. Ismar's heading that up, um, and we've got a, a couple of people doing office support, office managers, and accounts. So th these are the core people that, that we have. And then we also have three exceptional individuals who comprise the board. Um, they are, you know, tremendous champions of industry. Um, we've, you know, we've got John Schillingford, who's run a number of clinical organizations, research organizations. He is based in Germany. We've got Professor David Onions, who's uh, taken a number of medical companies from concept through to exit. Um, you know, and he sits on uh, various advisory panels of, of uh, WHO. And we've also got John Hurst, who used to be the chief exec of the Met Office in the UK. He's a chief exec of BSI, of National Oceanography Society. And having these people around you are, are fantastic. You know, on, in the back office, I've got a wonderful team of engineering and, and support staff. And then at the, at the front end, you know, with, with the, at, the, at the board level, I've got phenomenal people there that are um, that just want to see this succeed you know there's no empire building or anything like that there's just amazing amount of passion and uh, you know involvement within the team to, to make this happen I think more importantly for Frankie it's the 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 thing that impresses me the most is the level of caring mm. every single member of the team from the board down to the you know the, the lowest admin yeah <laughs> They all care about diabetics. They all yes. care about making people's lives better. Yeah. And they all care about, you know, just uh, improving the world that little bit. Yeah. So, so when you tell diabetics that this is coming, like what's the reaction? Belief, non-belief, like get it to me tomorrow, like yesterday. Take my money now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and, and especially here, um, you know, in, in Wales where we are, people are so passionate. They're like, you know, how can we help? How yeah. do I get involved? Are you running trials now? Do you need anyone to do wow. anything? Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So what do you think it'll end up costing US dollars? Um, okay, let, let me or, give you or a... Do you hope, let, me, let, me, let me finish that. I, I, or do I you hope, Sam, do you hope to get it covered by like a insurance company? Yes. So that is part of the, that is one of the reasons we're so dedicated to getting it, you know, um, all the regulatory approvals that it requires, mm. because we could, we could sell this as a toy, if you will. Right. And a gadget. Is, yeah, it's, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fly, because we want people to be able to get this under insurance, and we want to make sure um, it actually is manufactured to the highest possible standard. So yeah, I, I cut you off, Sabi. So I'm sorry. Tell, okay, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I was going to say we, you know, this this is going to be typically comparable with a high end um, wearable device. Okay. So you know, um, we're looking around the the 500 pound mark for this. So a thousand Canadian somewhere in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But not less. I mean, Frankie, it's still a lot. Um, oh my god like when you count the 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 needles and the glucose strips and the meter and all of that stuff that you have to refill every month like that's this is like nothing yeah. it's like nothing and, and it lasts you two years yeah so 
So that but the battery, because the battery will, like, is it the battery will only last two well, years? Or? There's, there's no replaceable parts in there. So okay. it's typically like a mobile phone, you know, it'll be phased out after two years. I see. Because you, you tend to have a roll off in, in, the, in the performance of the components at that point. You know, it's funny that you said that because la last week I had the father of the cell phone on my show, right? The guy who invented it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So that was really interesting. You have these two engineers and you're going, oh, look at that. I mean, it, basically, it's the same thing, right? You're whatever <laughs> technology trying to improve humanity. And he really felt that the cell phone would be the device that was going to change humanity in the health wise for the better. So I oh, you know, that's yeah. going into it. So I think that's really amazing that, you know, to be able to utilize any of that technology for the betterment, whether it's, you know, you can call your healthcare device, you know, provider and, and your doctor and over the phone like this, or it's, you know, uh, mental health or whatever. Mm, right. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, um, it's very, very interesting. I love to hear about new technologies and where people are thinking. And, and I mean, it's, you thought of it a long time ago. Like you've been working on this since like really, like was it like 2005 or something? That's right, 2005, yeah. I remember sitting in a very small lab trying to do this and uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> a chunk of that time has taken, you know, just to, to cobble together the cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and how, how big was it before, like this big? <laughs> no. it, it, it literally was. Uh, we when I originally did the first test, it was a it was a very very complicated test actually. I had a plastic bag full of saline solution, and I had these two um, receivers that are more designed to picking up satellite signals. You know, and that was it. That was the Heath Robinson experiment that that started all <laughs> wow. this. And I think Frankie. Um, Isamar put it into perspective last year, I think it was, when we moved over from the, the research side into the development. And we were driving home one night after, after the board meeting when the board had basically uh, given its blessing to, for us to progress into the development phase. And Isamar said to me, she said, you know, does it feel real now? You know, is it a real pinch me moment? And I thought, you know what, for all those years, I had been dreaming about getting to this point, whereas we could actually make something that could go out there that would help people change their lives and i i'm seeing now when i walk past my engineers desks they've got circuit boards you know d d circuit diagrams on there and they've got little boards that they're making and it's now becoming a, a realization that you know this thing is actually going to happen yeah you know? and there's lots of challenges still to overcome but it's becoming more of a reality and like aside, beside aside from you know uh health the, the the sector the you know the device medical device blah 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 what physically what other physical challenges do you have i mean i'm thinking this is not a device that's going to depend upon uh or change depending upon um you know what what uh if you're white black green blue doesn't matter like that's just like it's not like the covid vaccine you know, where it might change or whatever, people's dynamic and internal dynamics. So, but you, you, you know, you do have third world countries that there's yeah. diabetics everywhere in the world, right? So how do we get it to them and get it out to them? That's a little bit of a challenge, I would imagine. Um, but what other challenges do you foresee right now? That I think the, um, <laughs> well, my immediate challenge, challenges right now are uh, trying to raise money to take it through to the next 
uh, to the development phase. And Touchwood, you know, we've, we've got we've got commitment for that. But obviously, that there's this is a this really is a very hard nut to crack. It really is. People have tried this over the years. 30, 40, 50 companies have gone down the pan because you know really? the, the technology didn't work. Uh, graveyards littered, you know, with with, with technologies trying this to do this. This is a holy grail it, of medical devices. It really is, and um, so we have got te technical challenges. We've also got challenges of how we roll this out. You know, do we get into some form of licensing deal with a big corporate that has got the sales and marketing channels, that distribution channels already in there? Um, and interestingly enough, we've got a very large conglomerate that's onto us with with that in in in, in mind. Um, and, and we are getting attraction. We're getting traction with some of the big tech companies as well. So, you know, that's a, a possibility. The other possibility is we go, you know, uh, go and do it on our own. You know, we manufacture and sure. distribute ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we still haven't um, agreed on a, on, on a way forward as yet. So it's still very much up in the air. Yeah, so we, we have plans, but we don't know yet how those are going to be realized. If that makes sure, sense. yeah, for sure. It's it's still mm -hmm. a ways out. Um, is there anything else that a diabetic would need? Um, just anyone that can use a cell phone should be able to use this device mm -hmm. out of the box. It's, it should be, you know, plug and play style. <clears throat> technology. It will be intuitive. Um, we're working really hard to make sure that um, the usability is all there so that uh, future users have input on how this is going to work so that alarms and you know displays, they're all um, very clear and understandable. And yeah, so, you know. But your gaming background should come into that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I guess I, I was just as you were saying that I just had this this thought though. Um, now not everybody. I, I guess there is a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A measurement. You know, some people might be five, some people might be seven. That's a normal for them. And then you know you go up fifteen. Oh my God, you better do something. So how do they input what's their normal or where they need to be? Will that be part of this or is it just going to be a standard everybody you know if you get above this let's have a look so there are medical um parameters yeah that are considered normal but as you say yeah that does vary between individuals so the first time you put this on as you calibrate it you tell it like you do with you know a lot of glucose monitors sure. you would tell it you know my normal value is between say 4.5 and 7. So if I go above 7, you know, give me an alarm saying I'm going up. Uh, whereas for somebody else, it might be, you know, a little bit different, it might be, you know, from 5.5 till 9. So you would be able to customize that the first time you, you put it on. But mm -hmm. this would mean that you cannot, I cannot put that on you. Right. And ch check your blood sugar. Because it, it, it it's is customized. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But um, in that respect, you know, it's. Yeah. Uh, How long does it take for it to measure, generally speaking? Within, within, within a, a second or two. You'll wow. Yeah. So that it, what, what, what will happen with it, Frankie, is it, it, the, the whole sensor goes to sleep. And every five minutes it wakes up and it will do a reading and give you a reading or, or just store it. 
So in case, you, and then if you want to look at the historical data, it will give you that historical information. So you have everything that has happened, uh, you know, the past two weeks. Yeah. And this is the reason, um, I know when you were asking how many people we had in the trials, yeah. this is why the trials are rather small as well. It's because for each individual we test, we test them on two separate occasions for about 12 hours. Mm -hmm. We have thousands and thousands of data points for just mm -hmm. the one person. Right. And then we have to analyze that. So, uh, so that's the reason we couldn't cope with, you know, 300 volunteers at this stage. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. Wow. What a feat. You should be really proud of yourselves. I know you are. <laughs> I'm proud of yeah. the company, definitely. And uh, I'm, I'm extremely impressed with uh, Dr. Chowdhury's resilience. <laughs> you know, he had this idea and through everything he went through, uh, he kept believing that we could you come pull to it off. Yeah. That's all it takes sometimes. It's just, you know, knowing you can do it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to say to the world? <laughs> We're coming. They're coming. <laughs> They're coming to take over. Hey. Well, actually, you know, with, with the, the current pandemic, um, one of the things that, that people are not able to do, at least in the UK, is you cannot visit your GP so often. Yeah. Um, and diabetics are particularly classed as, as um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, susceptible to vulnerable. catching? Yeah, vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. So um, so you, you avoid it and you stay at home, but that means you might miss, uh, you know, one of your checkups or you don't, you don't get the blood works to see what's been happening over the past three months. Yeah. So this is where we see these mobile health technologies coming to their own because a lot of people can now monitor their own health in a way that, you know, 10 years ago, you- Right. So. And they have the readout for the doctor say, look, this is my last two weeks or whatever. Yeah, you can email yeah. it to them. Yeah, yeah. Can, you know, using telehealth, you know, use a Zoom call like we're doing. Yeah, the future is uh, bright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today. We're going to say goodbye to Facebook. I'm going to leave Facebook. Goodbye, people. Bye, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to stop my